Coming up, Beyond the Valley of the Voodoo Dolls, Full Backle, and Cheese Burns? <laughs> All this and more as we continue our Season of the Witch on this nudity-filled episode of Kiss the Goat! My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And this is Kiss the Goat. We are gleefully trucking through our month full of witch movies, and we've got a doozy this time. This is actually a replacement film. We had another one picked out, and then Cootie watched this movie and said, oh, we've got to do this instead. So we booted the craft. And I'm sure we'll return to it at some point. And we replaced it with Cootie's Choice. Richard Griffin's 2010 retro grindhouse flick, The Disco Exorcist. Get out your white polyester and widen your lapels. We're going back to the decade of decadence. We shall return after this short break for station identification. <laughs> Banana ways of promo, take one. Hey guys, it's Wazell and Z here. Yeah, we're just uh, kicking back in the laser lounge right now, taking a break from... Uh what we normally do to tell you all about our show banana laser uh we're just here for sick fucks like ourselves that love horror movie and just yeah fuck the banana laser podcast it's uh every time <laughs> <laughs> and um you know it's for sick fucks like ourselves <laughs> so if you like salty commentary <laughs> And skewed views. Foul mouth skewed views. And look, uh, we're terrible at this. I'm fucked up, dude. I, I, we I, are I, terrible. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> all, start over. all right, forget it. Fuck it. Uh, you can find Banana Laser at Horophilia.com. Check us out on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, Banana Laser Show. Look us up on YouTube, Banana Lasers, everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Look us up. So you can join us. Hugh loves horror movies. I like them cheesy. I like them gritty. I like them campy. I love them all. He married Christy. She hates them. I think they're senseless and upsetting. Listen in as Hugh searches through shelves of DVDs, VHS, and Blu-ray. There are too many of these movies on the shelves. We need to just start getting rid of them. In his never-ending quest to convert his lovely wife to the dark side. <laughs> Come to the dark side. In Christy Christie's In the butt. I said what what? In the butt. I 
said what what in the butt. I said what what in the butt. You wanna do it in my butt? In my butt? You wanna do it in my butt? In my butt? You wanna do it in my butt? In my butt? Let's do it in the butt. Okay. It's okay if you have a little fight. Don't you worry. I won't bite. Not that hard if you want it. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat, and it's time once again to catch up on current events. It's time for Satan in the News. Here's something interesting and somewhat terrifying. Um, his name is Joseph Syambra, and he used to perform in gay porn films. Now he has returned to the Catholic Church, and he wants you to know that Jesus has cured him of his gayness. And that's not all Joseph wants you to know. He says that during the act of gay sex, the anus becomes a portal to hell. If this is the portal of hell, well, why don't you come up out of that ground and get us? A doorway to the demonic is the exact quote. Now, all he, he also says, and I quote, <clears throat> Anal sex releases into the world rare demonic entities and that even in the body could be conceived as the devil, and that would be given birth to anally. <laughs> in other words, gay sex makes the devil come out of your butt. I don't think this has been proven scientifically. I doubt it highly. I also don't know if he is including heterosexual anal sex in this category. As... Well, as a former homosexual, I have to assume he is now a heterosexual, but he may very Maybe. well be practicing celibacy. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> All of the things are probably explained in Syambra's book, which is called Swallowed by Satan. Not sure that was the best title <laughs> to go with. <laughs> yeah. This shit just writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> um. If any of our gay listeners have ever given birth to an ass demon, please leave us an email at thegoatofmadness at gmail.com. We, we would love to hear about that. Yes, we would. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for Satan in the News for this episode. When we get back from this break, we're going to hustle into the sheer madness of the Disco Exorcist. See you on the other side. To the hustle. <laughs> Hi. I'm Steven Seagal. That's right, Steven Seagal. And for the past 40 years, in between barbecuing oxen and roasting boar for my insatiable appetite, I never miss an episode of Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid commentaries. Ain't that right, Johnny? Hi, I'm Dr. Action. Hi, and I'm the Kick-Ass Kid. When I'm not watching action films, I'm usually polishing my gun while looking at a bat. And when I'm not watching action films, I'm normally outside with a harpoon killing puppies. But usually, you can find us both watching 80s, 90s action films. You could follow us on Twitter, Dr. Action Kick-Ass. You can find us on our main page, which is dractionkickass.blogspot.com. You can also find us on iTunes and TalkShoe. Yes, every week we do a commentary on an 80s and 90s action classic, and where we can, we also provide the film so that you can watch along with it. This podcast explodes. Hey, where's that baby mama at? I gotta tell you somebody. Movies need only three things. Badasses. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive.
boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons? And body counts. Mathematics of murder and menace. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. I do not need a refill, but... I do, so maybe I should come out there and do that real quick. <laughs> All right, Before good luck I'm... finding ice. I had to, like, refill every ice tray. Fuck! Right. Yeah, I know. But the everything should be cold, because okay. the vodka's in the freezer and the tea's in the refrigerator, so... Okay. <clears throat> I'm ready to boogie! Are you ready to boogie, cootie? I'm not 100% sure I know what all that entails, but fuck it, I'm down for whatever. It's when you boogie. <laughs> oh, let's get in tonight's movie, The Disco Exorcist. This woman has been fucked with. And when you fuck with Rita Marie, Ah! you fuck with the devil. Ah! Make him writhe and suffer and die. Only one man can stop her. Who are you? The Disco Exorcist. She was attacked by this woman who laid a serious curse on her. And that filthy whore. You're fucking cursed, Amarina. Get out of here. From the producers of None of That, The Disco Exorcist, Michael Reed is the Disco Exorcist in Voodoo Vision. The Disco Exorcist was filmed in 2010, but was specifically designed to look like it was made around 1976. But, you know, a lot of fucking movies do that nowadays. They try to seem older than they actually are. And this started with the Grindhouse movement, which was Quentin Tarantino... And Robert Rodriguez um, tried to make films that echoed that time period. It also makes sense because the 70s were arguably the greatest decade for film ever. So at this point in, in cinematic history, where we literally have nothing but sequels, superhero movies, and cheap heat, it makes sense that we would go back to the 70s where all of the greatness happened to try to emulate that. I'd rather that than another reboot. Oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> anyway, this movie starts in a strip bar, like you do, which is fitting. Um, music plays on a reel-to-reel tape while men in leisure suits watch a very bored girl shake her moneymaker. Um, but one of the guys, a really hairy guy with an incredible Ron Jeremy mustache, is sweaty and twitchy and seems very, very nervous. Oh, he should be. He's been cursed by a redhead named Rita that he jilted. Doctor, unbeknownst to him, she's a witch. 
She is a voodoo priestess with a gigantic pentagram on her living room floor and a voodoo doll with his name on it. (laughs) It's fantastic. Rita stabs the hand of the doll and the man's hand begins bleeding. And then she smacks the doll around and the man falls to the floor. Then she wrenches the doll angrily, twisting its midsection, and the man in the strip bar... Uh, he starts twist- bleeding out of his mouth. <laughs> he does. His his lower section stays <laughs> with his, you know, cock up <laughs> to the ceiling, but his upper part of his torso twists completely around so that he's face down on the floor. And then poor, jilted, angry Rita cuts the doll in half with a freaking hatchet and the man is ripped in half and blood flies and guts fly and people start screaming in the bar. Anyway, happy hour is totally over. (laughs) It is a hell of a start to a movie and it only gets better because then we cut away from that to meet our main character, a long haired dude named Rex Rex Romansky. He is the Disco King. And we are, when we are introduced to him, he is getting a blowjob from a girl with blue hair, while a girl with pink hair films it on Super 8. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> this movie, y'all, I, I, I don't think I've seen many more films that have as much simulated sex and drug use as is in this movie. And the really unique thing, I think, is how it's just all a fucking joke. The whole thing, it's all a fucking joke. And it's really, it, they pull it off, in my opinion. It's quite funny. There, um, there are a lot of in-jokes. I'm a straight guy. And even I have to say that the dude who plays Rex Romansky has an incredibly nice ass. And it's, a really bad ginger wig. Yeah, the wig's terrible, but his ass just <laughs> fucking tight and just apple-shaped, and you just want to kind of grab it. And like I said, I'm a straight guy, and I'm like, fuck, your muscle tone, bro. That's well, a- he's like 19, 20, maybe. I don't know, but he's got a lift because his ass is just fucking amazing. Um but it's at, it's at that point that they start doing coke. He's got coke, and he lines it up on the mirror. But it's obviously not cocaine, because it is way too bumpy. It totally looks like Parmesan cheese. It's Parmesan cheese! And they snort that shit! Doesn't that burn? Can you imagine sucking grated cheese up your nose? <laughs> it is really chunky. And they do a lot of it in this film. It's like every fucking scene. Somebody's like, here, want to get high? And there's a mirror with, you know, like two pounds of cocaine piled up on it. And it's Romano and Asiago. Just... <laughs> it really is. And they're licking it off hookers' asses. And just lots of cheese in this movie. So, I don't know. I've never done cocaine, obviously. Well, maybe not, obviously. You fuckers don't know me. Um, but I've never done cocaine, but even I know that it does not look like something that you would get at Chuck E. Cheese to put on top of your pizza so that you could pretend you're not eating cardboard with a thin layer of ragu on it. (laughs) 
So yeah, they um they take every single cliche from seventies films and just send them way over the fucking top. Um, there's the gratuitous use of cocaine. Um, there's <laughs> and there's disco and talk about disco and mention of disco balls in porn <laughs> and. <laughs> There's the the crazy curly hair and the jerry curl and everything you can think of that's you know from 70s films it's well, they use it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of 70s porn influence in this movie and I know this because I've watched a lot of 70s porn. So even down to the nudity where people just don't have bushes, they have topiaries. <clears throat> like you're expecting, you know, fucking Danny to be chasing Jack through somebody's genitalia. <laughs> Jack, I'm sorry, fucking Jack chasing Danny. I'm drunk, y'all. Um, bear with me. <clears throat> anyway, lots of pubes, just very, very thick, luscious forests of pubic hair. But it also takes a lot from that from that culture. There's one huge end joke. The love interest in this movie, besides Rita. Rex falls in love with a porn star named Amorina Jones. Amorina Jones later gets possessed. Guess what that is? That's the devil in Miss Jones, <laughs> which is the name of a very famous porn flick from the 70s. I got it because I, I'm old, and I hope other people got it also, but it made me <laughs> laugh. It made me laugh a lot. Anyway, that's the whole thing. Rex Romanski and Rita hook up at the disco. And let's face it, Rita is the embodiment of bad crazy. Mm, oh, she's really cute. She's just, she's oh, just this really, really lithe, really sexy looking little redhead chick. And she has some insecurities and some anger issues. <laughs> and she's a very jealous type person. So... Um, you know, we already talked about the beginning of the film where she has has cursed this guy that has obviously jilted her and she kills him because of it. And so, you know, immediately she goes from that to going back to the disco where she meets she meets our hero, Rex Romansky, and um, is seduced by his his amazing apple bum, as X has already described in detail. It's delicious. <laughs> And she falls for him, and within 24 hours, you know, she expects that they're in love, and he is hers, and he's going to be hers forever. And she takes a <laughs> Polaroid instant picture of him in the bathroom, which, A, is creepy, but, B, if you know anything about, you know, voodoo movies, that's going to come into play later. That's a bad sign. It's a very bad sign. <laughs> so... The second night that Rita and Rex Romanski are together, they go back to the disco and Rex meets Amarina Jones, who is a porn star um, whose movies he watches at least three a week in the local um, porn theater. <laughs> By the way, I'm not going to spoil it, but that porn theater scene is something you have got to see to believe it. It <laughs> is a scream. <laughs> And I have to be honest, I was really, really impressed with the acting in this film uh -huh. because they all had just really funny cornball fucking lines. So obviously over the top and they all delivered them so fucking well. I mean, 
I don't, there wasn't an actor in this film that I was like, oh yeah, they just didn't quite get this. <laughs> they were all spot on. Also, when they have to make references to stuff from the 70s, they don't wink at the camera, they don't break the fourth wall. There's one scene where the DJ yells, put your weight on it! Which is fucking Rudy Ray Moore. That is a Dolomite reference, and I fucking lost it when I heard it. Guy doesn't doesn't even twitch. Doesn't bat an eyelash. No, so that's great. It's the movie is not smug. It's not self aware, really. Mm-mm. Yeah, I had something else and I lost it in the drink. Sorry. It's okay. It it has fun with through the whole thing. Just rolls right along and just has fun with it, and that was very enjoyable for me to watch. So after that, um, at the disco, when Rex meets Amarina Jones, of course, he dumps Rita for Amarina. And Rita... Flips it, the fuck out. Well, or, well, Rita flips the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, especially, especially if she's a redhead. <laughs> Sorry, stole your line there. It's okay. Well, no, that's just <laughs> truth. I have experience that tells me that. Um <laughs> so Rita puts a curse on Amarina and talks about how she's going to take away everything that she loves and how no man will ever want her again. And this, doesn't she cut her hand on the dance floor with like some ceremonial dagger? Not on the dance floor. Or is that floor. later? That's yeah, later. that's later. Okay. But the thing, is, the interesting thing, and I really liked this part, actually. I think this guy, um, who's the director of this film? Richard Griffin. Richard Griffin. Yeah, we already established that. Sorry. I'm drunk, too, y'all. Ha! Ha! Um, (laughs) He really was able to combine some kind of chilly and really creepy bits. Um, Rita spends a lot of time in this movie cursing people. (laughs) And she does it really well! Yes, pretty much the whole fucking film, Rita is mumbling some incantation and cutting herself and stabbing voodoo dolls and wrapping hair around voodoo dolls and she's, you know, summoning the, the dead women who have been scorned and the way that he interlaces those those scenes with what's happening in Rex Romansky's world is just, it was great. Yeah. And the fact that he could take something that creepy and weave it into just this silly over the top comedic seventies spoof. It was masterful, in my opinion. I mean, I really was kind of impressed. Yeah. And that that really helped to carry my interest through the whole film. I mean, the spoof is one thing, but being able to bring that creep factor in, I thought it was fantastic. And he did it really, really well. So, yeah, Rita is, is constantly cursing them. There are segments in this film that uh, Michael Weldon is the one, I think, who coined the term psychotronic. Okay. And there are segments of this film that I would consider just purely psychotronic. Mm-hmm. Um, after she curses Rex, she gets into a cat fight with Amarina on the dance floor and yanks out some of her hair. So, again, if you know voodoo movies, bad shit's about to happen because she's got a picture of Rex. She's got Amarina's hair. That's personal possessions. Uh-huh. Weird shit's about to roll. But she goes to the graveyard, like you were saying, when she's doing this 
incredibly intense monologue uh, to the women of the town who have been uh, scorned and turned out by men and sick pig men who have used them and abused them and then left them to rot in their graves. And then she starts cutting her hand and bleeding all over the leaves on the graves until hands start reaching up from beneath the dirt. Mm -hmm. It's creepy as fuck, dude! It was great. (laughs) I mean, for a movie that plays things mostly for laughs, that segment, I would show that to children just to frighten them. (laughs) Of course you would. (laughs) Fucking behave or else this is going to happen. Right, and there's your mom in there. That's your mom in there. (laughs) There is a scene, too, where Rex and Amarina are fucking, because there is a lot of this in this movie, kids. So much fucking in this movie. There's so much fucking in this movie. You never actually see any penetration, but everything but that. So there's one scene where they're fucking and Amarina is on top and she, like, leans over and he can see the image of Rita behind her bleeding and muttering an incantation. And he's all obviously coked up out of his mind, you know, drugged out on something. And he says, is she going to be here the whole time? And Amarina like, doesn't really hear what he said. And, and she's like, what? And, and then you know, the image of Rita disappears. And <laughs> it was, it was really good. It was really kind of creepy. Yeah. Well, there's that other time where they're fucking and Amarina's on top and she bends down and all you can see is Rita, and she's cutting her stomach, and black blood is coming out of her mouth, and she's naked, and it's terrifying. It's also really hot, but... It's... And she's writhing around on the floor on her giant pentagram. Oh, that's... my God. I'm embarrassed <laughs> to admit how hot that is. She's crying and cutting herself, and she's covered with blood, rolling around on this pentagram, and I'm kind of like, I can take screenshots of this. <laughs> this is going in the private collection. <laughs> well, and for all the titties and all of the ass that that we see in this movie, we actually also see cock, which you don't get a whole lot of in film. So um, there is there's one part that's kind of the climax of of the action in the, in the story where there is a orgy going on (laughs) and Rex and Amarina go to this orgy and they kind of, you know, sequester themselves and go off into their own room and they bond over (laughs) oral sex and talking about their growing up in, in, you know, different churches. (laughs) That's how we met. No, I was like, Oh, that's so (laughs) sweet. That's how X and I bonded. <laughs> um, but you get to see Cock during the orgy, and there is this fantastic character who is, um, what do they call him? The Marquis something. The, yeah, the Marquis. I can't remember. <clears throat> yeah, but he's definitely the Marquis. And he's supposed to be this Anton LeBay character. Black turtleneck. Black turtleneck. Bald. Yeah, bald with the Van Dyke beard coming down. Yeah. Talking about... Oh, the sexual energies in this room. They're amazing. <clears throat> Calls Rex the, the human embodiment of Priapus. <laughs> <Just, laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, but one, one of the unfortunate side effects, I, I, 
one of the things I find amusing is in spite of all of Rita's bleeding and incantations, <clears throat> nothing really seems to affect Rex directly. But she does have the hair from Amarina, so she is able to lay a curse on this poor girl that causes her to um, go into just freak out mode on occasion. Her eyes go completely black. She starts speaking in a voice that isn't hers and <clears throat> just starts killing people really <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. but uh, during the orgy there's this one scene in particular where she's in the bathroom taking a piss and um one oh. of her ex-porn star um named jack Tuffskins. yes jack Tuffskins <laughs> used to be the one who boned her in all her films comes in and he's you know trying to be like oh baby you know you want me kind of thing and he's got this enormous heart on he whips it out in the bathroom, and Amarina goes into her demonic state and grabs the guy's cock and twists it off. Well, she twists it in half and throws half of it into the bathtub. <laughs> so then Jack Tufskin starts wandering out into the orgy with this stub cock bleeding everywhere, screaming. Which, meanwhile, downstairs, you know, while she's twisting off his cock, <clears throat> they're holding a seance to try to bring together the spirit and the flesh at last, says the Anton LaVey character. And they busted out this Ouija board, and they're talking to the spirit of, of the speaking board, and it spells out dickless. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all, they're like reading out the letters aloud, and one guy says, what did that spell? And they rattle off the letters, and he goes... Did it seriously just spell dickless? And in comes dude. In comes Jack Tufskins. Bleeding from the crotchal area. Right. And then all hell breaks loose. The women that have been summoned from the grave come in and start killing people. One other thing, another fucking inside joke, which was amazing. And in that graveyard scene, if you're a Fulci fan, mm -hmm. you will notice that one of the gravestones says that thing about uh, the twilight dwellers and death cannot come soon enough. And at the bottom it says Dunwich, straight from City of the Living Dead. It's the same fucking gravestone. I laughed really hard. And I am. I'm a huge Fulci fan, and I totally missed that. So don't blink during that scene. You've it's gotta, true. It's yeah, true. Don't pay attention, because it only shows it for a second. It kind of pans down, and you've got to pay attention to what's on the gravestone. Because X had to point it out to me, and I just laughed. Now here's where we meet the best character in the movie <laughs> rex runs to the disco to get his friend manuel to try to help him do something with amarina and you know the zombies of the witches of eastwick <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> fucking each witches of eastwick <laughs> and their janitor is named angel and janitor Angel used to be an exorcist with the Catholic Church, but they kicked him out because he liked the small children. <laughs> he was he was a priest in Portugal. I don't know who this guy is. I need to go back and look it up. This is the funniest guy in the whole movie. He's got maybe ten minutes in the whole flick. He fucking steals it. He's great. Yeah. He's great. They bring Amarina back to the disco to try to push the evil spirit out of her. He grabs a Star of David 
instead of a crucifix. And Rex is like, wait, isn't this a Catholic ceremony? Don't you need a crucifix? And he's like, oh, yeah. Fuck. And he turns around and goes and grabs the crucifix. He's got like an exorcist toolbox down there. Literally, it's got like shelves to come out, like a, tacky, like a tackle box. <laughs> this guy is amazing. I want to see him in every movie from now on. He was really funny. Yeah, the, he was like, his Rex goes, "Are you sure? He, are you sure that you can do do this?" And he says, "Yes, I probably can, but please understand, it will probably I will probably fuck everything up or something to <laughs> yes. that effect. I'll probably mess everything up beyond repair. Yeah, beyond repair. <laughs> That's what he says." <laughs> Also, in the disco at this point, and we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you the whole thing, but also at this point, uh, somehow the devil has taken control of the disco ball in the disco, and it turns into like kind of a plasma ball where it's shooting electric lightning bolts out at the dancers, and it's like hitting them in the dick, and <laughs> people's heads are blowing up, and they're convulsing on the floor, and it's just <laughs> a bad scene, man. It's a bad scene, and. Of course, if we can get Amarina, if we can get the devil out of Miss Jones, then we can save everybody and keep people from getting killed at the disco. And it's pretty heavy, man. And her makeup is fantastic. I mean, she's just straight up evil dead right then and there. Her cheekbones are all sharp and she's all like that pale purplish color. Yeah, she's all (laughs) sunken in and shit. (laughs) So... I don't yeah. know. We kind of have to leave it there, otherwise we're going to blow our wad. Yeah, I don't want to blow my wad, especially on this movie, because it's just so much fun. Yeah. Guys, there's a lot of titty. There's a lot of ass. There's, there's so a... much fucking in this movie. <laughs> there's a little cock, just enough for you to go, oh, well, no, no, it's, it's so a, novel. There's no, a cock. It's, it's a big cock. It's just not there for a long time. <laughs> right. It's a fucking fire hose cock is what that right. is. <laughs> But this is the kind of stuff that you would expect to have seen on the first tier of a double bill back in 1975 at a drive-in. But like one of those drive-ins with four screens where you had to drive all the way around back. So the kids who were watching, you know, Digby, the biggest dog in the world, couldn't turn around and get a big face full of titty. (laughs) But literally, it's up there with Flesh Gordon and all that stuff. It's incredible. Incredible, the amount of simulated sex in this movie. Yep. Simulated sex, simulated drug use. Yeah, fuck Fifty Shades of Grey, man. This is the shit. <laughs> this is the real shit. And just a cornball sense of humor that we have a great appreciation for in this Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the last call for The Disco Exorcist, a movie with a silly title that ends up being, well... Silly silly right but a good silly not a silly silly yes that it's a silly movie that is silly <laughs> but not silly oh hey look time to go to a break <laughs> we'll wind up our discussion of the disco exorcist after these commercial messages hi i'm mark 
And you know what? I'm Mike. And we're the host of the Hollywood Upside Down podcast. We are the only podcast that looks at the films of Fred Olin Ray and Jim Wynorski exclusively on a year-by-year basis. Every episode, we present the news surrounding the world of these two legendary filmmakers. And we also try to speak with the many people involved with the films we discuss. Speaking of films, we generally talk about three to four films per episode by reviewing and rating them. If you want to find out what those films are, visit our website at hollywoodupsidedown.wordpress. You can download our show via iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, by searching for Hollywood Upside Down. So if you're a fan of B-movies and you know you are or you wouldn't be listening to us, chances are you've seen some of the films of Fred Olin Ray and Jim Wynorski. So why don't you join us from episode to episode and relive some of those favorite movie moments. The moments you'll hear on the Hollywood Upside Down podcast. Honestly, the real reason we watch these films is we love watching boobs. We sure do. Lots of large, small, flappy, flapjacky. No, Mike. No, no, no. Very well-endowed, boisterous, giant, jiggly boobs. Those two. Yes. Not getting the coverage of TV horror from the other podcasts out there? Then look no further than Evil Episodes Podcast, where we'll give you the in-depth coverage of all the best and the worst that the small screen has to offer. Oh my god, you're hearing just about the big screen? Listen to the small screen here on Evil Episodes, Mike, Corey, and Jamie. Man, we're going to make things weird for you and just uh, bring to you everything that you don't hear about that you should be watching on TV. Jamie, give us some examples. Uh, well, how about we talk about new stuff like American Horror Story or The Walking Dead or this this season's Sleepy Hollow. Uh, but then not only that, we dig into old stuff like Tales from the Dark Side and Supernatural. Holy moly. That sounds like a fun fucking podcast to me. You bet your sweet ass it does. And Jamie, where's the only podcast where they can hear about all that stuff? Well, it's evil episodes, of course. That's right, so set your DVR to channel 666 and let Evil Episodes give you the in-depth coverage of the stuff that deserves to be, but isn't talked about elsewhere. Evil Episodes is a podcasting network. Hey, welcome back to Kiss the Goat, and it's time for our three questions game. Woohoo! Cross the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. Uh, the other side he see. First question Is this a witch movie? Well, you know, honestly, I think that the title is kind of misleading because when I first started watching this movie, I did not expect it to be a witch movie. I was like, you know, well, the title says Disco Exorcist, so obviously it's going to be a 70s spoof and it's going to involve an exorcism, which it does, but it is definitely a witch movie um, because the whole thing revolves around Rita the Witch and her curse and all of the havoc that she wreaks because she's a scorned lover. I... I guess I need some clarification here because Rita is a witch, but she's definitely using voodoo practices. Now, would you call a voodoo practitioner a witch? No, but I would call Rita a witch who uses voodoo in her practice. Because, okay. I, 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 well, 
Welcome to the fine line, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Um, Eclectic much. Yeah. (laughs) I like the fact that her voodoo knife or her little voodoo doll thing looks like the thing that the kid had in the Temple of Doom. (laughs) So maybe she's a thuggy. I don't know. Well, and this movie kind of blurs the lines between a lot of stuff. Like, the the janitor starts doing the exorcism, and Rex says, you know, like we said before, isn't this a, a Catholic ceremony? But it's pretty obvious that the <laughs> what he's reading from is not a fucking Catholic ritual of exorcism. It's, like, part voodoo and part Catholic and part... Kalima Shukti Day. Yeah, and then part Pentecostal too, so it's really right. kind of weird. It's, and I think they did that as part of the comedy, as part of the spoof. They they made those differences so glaring and so obvious. But um, yeah, I mean, I would say so. Rita, she's fucking calling on the old ones and using a giant pentagram in the floor and has blood sacrifice and uses she's you know hair and photographs and <laughs> yeah she is pretty hot okay she's got nice tits she does all right so let's say it's witchish it, it's witchish <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay i'll settle for that let's settle for witchish i'll back okay. you up on that one all right <laughs> okay so question number two is on a scale of one to six how many horns high do you give this movie i'm going to go four and a half yeah I'm going four and a half because there are some parts of the 70s retro vibe that don't quite work. Mm -hmm. I always get a little bit irritated when I see missing reel or missing shot. I'm like, fuck you, you could have written that. Right. (laughs) Also, the soundtrack for the movie is so close to the soundtrack for House of a Thousand Corpses, which was itself a 70s retro flick. Right. But seriously, our Rob Zombie could sue. <laughs> the cues are so similar. It's like just enough to not infringe on the copyright. But I was going, I know this music. I've heard this before. So yeah. <clears throat> those are the things that kind of pull me out of the movie. And of course, you know me, I don't like to pull out. It's true. So, yeah, four and a half. That's great. I didn't think you enjoyed it as much as I did. I was going to give it a solid four. All right, then. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed the 70s references, and it's because, you know, I... Really enjoyed the 70s. I watch a lot of 70s movies, man. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was alive during the 70s. I remember that shit. So this stuff just cracks me up. Yeah, I loved it. All right, finally, why should our listeners watch this movie? Or should they? Yes, watch this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I say, go get it, watch it. You will laugh. Even if you don't enjoy it as much as we obviously have, there are going to be bits in this movie that are going to just make you cackle. I guarantee it. And if nothing else, you get a lot of titty. Boom. If you're a schlock fan of any kind, if you've loved any kind of grindhouse or drive-in movie, Richard Griffin is your go-to guy. Uh, he directed None of That, which is probably one of my favorite non-exploitation movies. Yeah, and didn't you say that you saw a poster somewhere There's in the movie? There's a poster for it up in the porn <laughs> studio when they're, when they're filming. Just another great in-joke in that movie. The movie is so full of in-jokes 
to the point where some scenes just feel meta. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. And there's a, I hate to say this because it sounds so dumb, but there's love in this movie. Yeah, there really is. You can tell. You can tell that this is just a severe fondness for that genre and for that <laughs> decade. So if you're already a fan, you're not insulted by it. Right. It doesn't feel like, oh, well, this asshole just tried to remake, you know, Abby or some treasured 70s flick. It's just like, oh, he's he knows his shit. He's mm-hmm. studied this. So, yeah, I appreciate the the research and the craft behind this movie, which you don't expect to hear about a movie with the title, the disco exorcist. Yeah. But there's a, there's a lot of work and thought that went into this and I'm greatly appreciative. (laughs) And the closing scene, man, like the very final fucking shot before it fades to credits, the close up on the woman's face with the eye open and it's blood red polarized red it's fantastic so (laughs) straight from fucking satan's cheerleaders seriously that is so grady clark and we fucking loved it it was amazing and no we didn't spoil it so no 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 put that cork back in your sphincter (laughs) an ass demon comes out no, no. No ass demons. No ass demons. Anyway, there it is. There it is. That's a groovy recommendation for The Disco Exorcist, a movie jam-packed with everything a sleaze or schlock lover needs. Well, except for a full-service bar, which you'll have to provide for yourself. And if you choose to do that, why not play along with us? Hey, it's time for Drinking with the Devil! Yeah. Where we provide you with a fun drinking game to play while you're watching the movie. So let's get into it. You need to drink every time you see a cock. You need to drink every time you see a missing shot screen. And drink every time you see a girl wearing a wig. Drink every time Amarina Jones's eyes turn completely black. Drink every time someone says Rex's full name. Rex Romanski! <laughs> and our grandmaster challenge, drink Every time you see a pentagram. As always, please remember that we do not condone underage drinking or alcohol abuse, but they've they've always always worked worked for us. us. All right, let's rummage around in the sinister mailbag and see what we can yank out of there. It's time for Ask the Goat, where we answer questions from our acolytes. You can leave us a question in our Facebook group, which is at Facebook slash groups slash kiss the goat or at our evil email which is the goat of madness at gmail.com our first question comes from duncan ralston Ooh, a celebrity i know and duncan asks this lords of salem why don't people like that movie but people love house of the devil <sighs> i think if you're a house of the devil fan you're a fan of the director Ty West in, in general. Personally, I loved House of the Devil. West makes slow burn horror again, very seventies, very early eighties. Mm-hmm. And this one's no different. But fuck me, those last fifteen minutes of that movie and that one amazing sequence in the middle with AJ Bowen ah, make the <laughs> whole thing worth it. If House of the Devil had come out in nineteen seventy five. 
we would still be marveling over its construction and measured pacing, and I'd be watching it at UCLA Film School. So, <laughs> oh, look, hey, I'm a Ty West fan. Imagine that. <laughs> but as far as Lords of Salem goes, wait till the next episode. Yeah. Cootie and I don't fight. <laughs> we just don't. We never have. But we may get into it over that movie. I'll just say that one of us loves Lords of Salem, and one of us does not. So you've got that to look forward to on the next show. Speaking of, <clears throat> mucho bigo thanks to the Horrorphilia Network for carrying the show and getting us out there on the interwebs. Here, here. And while you're prowling the net, look for devil, looking for devil porn. Yeah, just go ahead and look for it, why don't you? <laughs> Maybe you'll find the devil in Miss Jones. <laughs> or ass demons. <laughs> But so long as you're out there looking for whatever you're looking for, how about you swing by the iTunes real quick and leave us a bright and shiny review? Don't let us be that indie band that only you and five of your friends like. We're ready for maximum exposure. I promise we won't sell out like R.E.M. did when they signed with Warner Brothers. And don't forget to check out our website, the only place where you can find official Kiss the Goat swag. Don't be afraid to rock that pentagram in the grocery store. Show your horns in public. Hoodies, flasks, t-shirts. That's it. Kissthegoat.weebly.com. And lastly, thank you, listeners, for allowing us to pour blasphemy directly into your brain. We certainly appreciate the opportunity to further corrupt the corrupted. That's all for this episode. We know that you have many choices for podcast entertainment, and we thank you for choosing us. Until next time, my name is X. And I'm Cootie. Hail Hail Satan! demons ass demons <laughs> love it where's jason lee when you need him right <laughs> pickle fucker oh <laughs> 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 my gods okay can you say boogie cootie boogie cootie boogie cootie i, I say a lot of things i say wimpy it's a wimpy it's a wampley egg muffin <laughs> I go muffin. <laughs> I thought I go muffin. <laughs> <laughs>